Hello, everybody. Jeff Mason with Simple Biz 360 Podcast, coming to you from our new studio location with uh, stlewispodcast.com. St. Louis Podcast.com moved into uh, Vi Media headquarters, and you know we'd love to hear your feedback on the sound quality. It's uh, it really to me seems like it's really uh, really nice. So today is episode nineteen. Wow, I can't believe we're here already. Uh, exciting! And today we're going to uh, start a um, the first show of a two part show. But today is going to start a little differently, and, and, and I got to say, my day started differently. Uh, Alex, I, I don't know if you have rough mornings like this, but oh my gosh. So, so what did Dad do today? Well, Dad kind of let the family down a little bit today. So yeah, there was a little bit of drama going on, self-induced by me. So you know, we're not perfect here. We never claim to be. We have issues as well. And hey. You know, uh, I, I was thinking, gosh, I got to squeeze a run in, Alex, before I come here just to kind of, you know, mellow out and, and, and get back in the groove. And so I don't know if any of you guys out there are uh, shower brushers. Do you brush your teeth in the shower? I don't know. Do you, Alex? I don't know. I do, when I, especially when I'm busy. So today was a very interesting. If I thought I wasn't ready for this episode taping. Well, I, I use Young Living Thieves toothpaste. And so here I am brushing my teeth right in the shower. And no, I got a full mouth of this stuff. And here come the sneezes. Yeah, not one, but two. Now, I thought I was a little off kilter, you know, in the shower. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be up for today's shows. Well, <laughs> when you sneeze that stuff through your nose, yeah. You're ready to roll, so we are ready to roll here. Uh, we are going to start off this show as uh, a kickoff to winning the middle. We talk about winning the middle in the book, and it's a very, it's something very near and dear to me, and it's something I want to uh, uh, bring to you. So I have to rewind the clock to do this. And, you know, to rewind the clock, I want to set the stage. And what I mean by win the middle is in business over the decades, I really started to realize that the bandwidth of the middle of the prospects of the potential business relationships in the middle of the pack far outweighed home runs to the left and the 20%, you know, the, the 10% over to the left and, and the failure, the 10% way, way at the bottom. But it's that middle that really uh, fascinated me. But it only fascinated me and it only really gelled together due to some personal situations. And, and I, and I want to just say this, uh, this show may go over uh, 10 minutes, I, I'm sure it will. But I have to rewind the clock, and uh, this show we're going to call Lost It All, Almost. And when I look back at my life, I, I, I spent so much of my life outside of the middle. And I wasn't on the successful side of the, uh, or the bookends. If you look at bookends of being super successful and a failure, I was on the failure side. So why do I bring that up? I, I heard uh, Brett Favre, a great interview with Brett Favre recently, and I just heard him say, you know, when he thinks back on the, two, on the Super Bowl and the win and the loss, he thinks about the loss more than the win. When he thinks about the 15 in one season, he thinks about the one way more than the 15. And there's so many lessons to learn in losing 
that help us to win and help us to appreciate winning too. Uh, I remember the podcast a couple weeks ago when I talked about that young man that I interviewed from Columbia University who was, who was a member of the 44 game losing streak at Columbia University. I mean, he, he gleaned so much business advice and life advice out of that experience. So I, I have to tell you that, that one of the reasons I'm sitting here today and one of the reasons I'm 13 years into my own sales agency and, and, I, and I put this book together in this podcast is because I spent a lot of my life losing. For instance, if you rewind my clock back to when I was a juvenile, I, I mentioned I was arrested, I don't know, you know, 10, 11 times as a juvenile, somewhere in that neighborhood. My records have been expunged, but still, you know, uh, I was getting arrested a lot more than my classmates were, I'm sure. I was getting into a lot more trouble uh, in, in that vein. I graduated high school barely. I was 303 out of 330 people. 303. I was, I was one of those bookends. I wasn't in the middle. I was on the failure side of that fence. And I took two years off to, after uh, high school, and I worked as a gas station attendant for one year, and I worked in a, an injection molding factory another year, and I cleaned up a bar in the morning after I finished my night shift job at, at the injection molding factory. And then I decided through an epiphany experience, I want to go to college, right? So I tried to go to college. I couldn't even get into Stockton State College, right? I, I mean, my records were so bad as a, as a high school student that I got my friend Randy Comfort to drive me down to Pomona, New Jersey one Sunday, and I, and I literally cold called the uh, Office of Admissions on that Monday morning with my rejection letter and said, you, you got to give me a chance. They're like, you know, hey, it doesn't usually happen. What uh, what's going on? And and they gave me a chance. They 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 kind of were like, wow, okay, this this is unusual. We'll give you a shot one semester. So you know, I ended up going through college and finishing there. Uh, I hitchhiked for four years out of my life, not out of this, not out of desire, out of necessity. I got caught drunk driving, lost my license. Um, my dad wouldn't pay my insurance uh, premiums, and I hitchhiked for four years. Now. I met my wife hitchhiking, which I always think sometimes there's a silver lining in a lot of this stuff. I met my wife hitchhiking, and uh, we've been married 36 years. God bless her. And uh, I'm just so thankful. But, you know, I spent many, many times portions of my life sitting on a road for, you know, two hours with my thumb out, nobody picking me up. So, you know, I, I, those weren't easy times for me. Uh, and, and then all of a sudden, you know, I fast forward, I get into business, I'm rock and roll, and things are going great. And, you know, I, you know I, I achieve all the success in the Wall Street area working for uh, Lanier Business Products. And I jump ship and I go to another company. And there I, I have some more success. I'm able to put together a recruiting program and a sales training program and hired 65 um, entry-level students out of colleges in the Northeast. And, in fact, we're going to have one of those uh, hires uh, in for a podcast interview, which is going to be a lot of fun. A lot of uber successful people came out of those 65 that I hired. And, and, and then I decided to try my hand at, at starting my second company. So, so here's where I start to hone in in the middle, and here's where I'm going to start to tell you about um, you know, us, us as risk takers who start companies. You know, here's where it kind of gets dicey. So my dad and I start a company. We, we get somewhere in the neighborhood of over $200,000 injected into our business. We run this business. We do it for two years, and guess what? Dad says one day, hey, uh, I got no more money. It's over. No, no forewarning. It was just done, and I could kind of smell it, but... 
So here I was, 1992, you know, uh, and, and this was, a, you know, it, it, it's hard to talk about, you know, sometimes, but, you know, not today because I look back on it and, and I've learned so many lessons from it. But in 1992, when I lost that job, uh, we sold our, our Chrysler van. We, we bought a Chrysler LeBaron for $2,700. It didn't have air conditioning. My poor girls were driving around with no air, right? I had a $6,054 Geo Metro Sprint with a 150000 and a crack block, and, and that's what I had to drive around in. I, we sold everything. I mean, I sold my baseball card collection, Nolan Ryan, $510 rookie card. I mean, uh, you know, Mickey Mantle, I, you know, $3,500, I sold my baseball card collection. And, and I thought it couldn't get any worse when I drove to King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, and I sold my last... Pittsburgh Pirate collection from 1967, the yearbook and a bunch of cards to a Pittsburgh Pirate fanatic for a hundred dollars. I'm sitting in sitting in the parking lot of his complex, thinking, "Wow, it just doesn't get any lower." Well, guess what? Um, it did, and you know, I was um, a man of faith, still am, and um, I was in charge of the benevolence committee at our church, and I put together this phenomenal benevolence closet, right? Guess who was the first recipient of the Benevolence Committee? Yeah, get a knock on the door one day, and there's two brown paper bags of, you know, stuff that my wife and I and the kids had to eat. And let me tell you something, the tears flowed quite a bit, and, you know, um, flowed quite a bit for quite a while until, until we got the ship righted. But it, it wasn't because I was bad at what we did. I, we made some mistakes, my dad and I. It was because that we took risks. And when you take risks, sometimes you lose. And you know what? Fast forward. I tried another company 11 years later, sunk 20 grand into that, and lost my shirt on that, literally. And and so that was really the third company I tried setting up. And, and you know, the, the, the other one, when I left my dad, I left him with a company, and he kind of trickled along for a number of years and, and uh, ended up just dissolving it in 2005. So it did last another 13 years and help him out. But, uh, you know, I had nothing. I sold all my stocks. I mean, the only thing my wife and I had, aside from the a love of our family, uh, the faith in, in uh, Jesus Christ, and... A two thousand dollar Roth IRA, um, you know that that's that's what we had, and so it took a while to you know to to rebound and and, and get back in a in a good position. But the lessons learned out of that, and I and I said all that to say this, that the lessons learned out of that for me was that I yearned to go and be part of that middle. I wanted to get to the middle because I realized after being so far on the edges, I was successful for a little while. You know, I was, I was a failure in a lot of ways and other uh, capacities of life. And I realized that the middle is where the action is. And more importantly, I was a realist. And I said, you know, most of us are going to do life in the middle. Most customers are going to respond to favorable representation and good companies in the middle. 
they're, you know, home runs are far and few between. I learned that lesson. I spent 104 hours on my first, you know, international, my first uh, national deal. 104 hours I poured in in 1985, and I, I earned $104 or something like $108, some crazy thing, almost like a buck an hour. So, you know, I, I realize home runs don't always come. And, and, it's, and as you do your business, whether it's a solopreneur, entrepreneur, you're a small business unit, you're a big company, uh, it's the middle of the pack that buys most of the stuff. I, I, we used to make clothes for, um, I, I was in the clothing business for eight years and I was a private label guy. And so I, was a, I got up to a merchandising capacity where they sent me to Montreal twice a year. They sent me to uh, London, to Amsterdam, and to Paris twice a year to go shopping and buy $5,000, $6,000 worth of clothes, bring them back. And, and then we would call the fabrics and the finishes and the trim and the, you know, the buttons and the zippers and the stitching. And we'd, we'd call all that down and try to figure out how we could reinterpret some of those things in our seasonal lines. And then who were we selling it to? Sears, Pennies, Kohl's, Target. It, it was the middle that was buying it. We weren't selling it to the East and West Coast. So it was the middle that was buying it. And that's where I'm going to hone in on the next broadcast and, and really start to show you from the book some of the tools that help facilitate that in the middle. But, but I do want to call out something here that I just found fascinating. I'm reading this book, right, Premeditated Selling. Steve Gilda and Kevin Jones wrote this. Um, Steve is actually going to be a guest on the podcast, on our podcast uh, in Q3 of this year. But I'm sitting in bed uh, about a month ago reading through the book, and I'm reading the last chapter, and, and here's what I run across. And, you know, now I'm up for, like, another two hours because when I read it, I'm like, yes, yes. Here's what it says. However, it is neither the top performer nor the bottom performer we had in mind when we conceived this book. Rather, it is that lot in the middle, the ones who often hit their numbers but seem to have room for growth. They win some and lose some, like most salespeople, but they ought to be winning more than they are. It's this group of middle performers who represent our intended audience. We might call them the coachable middle. Bingo. That's what I'm trying to say right there. They said it so well. So many of us live in the middle. And God bless you if you're gonna if you're listening right now and you're a successful uh, business person and you're you know you're you're enjoying the fruits of of success monetarily, I, you know, kudos to you. I congratulate you. And and if you're somebody who's struggling, I, I really hope that what we have to say can help. But I also want to encourage the middle that from losing, which I almost lost it all, from losing all those times, all those ways. I'm telling you, I've, I've been able to see what you can grab onto that avoids the losing because I've, I've tasted that a number of times, and I don't want to taste that anymore. And it may happen, but, you know, it may not. And uh, I, I, I'll do everything in, in my power and everything, use every tool that God's given me to help me, my family, my kids, you guys out there, and in the um, uh, listening audience and the readers of the book to, to grab on this stuff that helps you win more of the middle, sustain 
your companies, live out your dream of entrepreneurship, live out your dream of being your own boss and doing your own things. I really, I'm so excited, but uh, Steve, thank you so much for saying that. I, I, it's unbelievable. It just was like, yes, it couldn't have come at a better time. So guys, I, I'm going to um, jump to next week where we'll look forward to seeing you next week, but before we do that, we started a new little angle on our Lost in the Shuffle track. And again, Lost in the Shuffle, I just want to kind of remind you, it, it, it's not, they're not great rock and roll songs we're introducing to you. Some of them are great bands. These are great songs that never made it to the populace. It just didn't get in the mix. It didn't make the top 40. You didn't hear it on the radio. But as you dive into some of this music, I consider it to be great. And, you know, I went to the Rock and Roll Music Hall of Fame not too long ago and uh, with Mike McGovern, a good friend of mine, and, you know... I don't know how much longer it's going to last as the Rock and Roll Museum. I really got, I really had a sinking feeling that, you know, we have to keep passing the torch and paying it forward. And, and, and I want to do that little part each and every week just to give you a little morsel of some cool stuff that you might grab onto. So my favorite band of all time, you've probably heard me say it before, Allman Brothers Band. Absolutely, hands down great their first album came out in 69 then they released a two side a single and they had a they had two sides on this single black-hearted woman and uh, every hungry woman and i just want you to encourage you to uh you'll see on the uh upper right hand of our screen so you're going to see it up in this corner as you're watching our video on youtube sorry listeners but uh, you're going to see a card a tag to a card that you can click onto and catch these tunes. So again, we thank you for tuning in. Thanks for sticking with me a little bit longer than the, than the intended 10 minutes. Um, hold on to your sand. The sand is your profitability. Don't let it slip away. Do everything you can. Put the tools in place to make sure you keep that money in your pocket, in your business, in your families. That's what we're all about here. Um, please, when you're out there traveling, keep the shiny side up and you don't get paid. Nothing happens unless you please customers. And that's what this whole mission is about, how to increase customer satisfaction. So guys, increase that customer satisfaction. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much. For